Uh, welcome back for another episode. We're going episode episode sixteen now of Chew the Bible. I'm gonna be reading Genesis sixteen. I'm gonna say a quick prayer, dear Heavenly Father. I thank you once again for a time to be in your Word. I thank you for these, just the Book of Genesis or the beginning. I thank you, Lord, that. There's so much wealth and riches that are in these words and these scriptures or that only so many people or get an opportunity to actually tap into, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, that more and more of our generation would just have a hunger and thirst to read your word and study your word and get even more excited about it to binge on your word the way we would any Netflix show or any popular tv show that this would be even more exciting than that god to us so i just look forward to the testimonies of people who are like man i love the word i want to chew on it day by day moment by moment all throughout my week even my own children lord i just pray that they would have a hunger and thirst for your word god and i just look forward to all the testimonies once again of all the people that are just going to say how much how much they love your word god and they will eat it daily and uh, it will be greater than any meal the great of the best meal that you could ever possibly think of eating in jesus mighty name i pray amen all right so let's i'm gonna go right into it because i need to get going but yeah i'm trying to do these where i record two episodes in one day and it's still march 4th 2021 and we're approaching five o'clock officially five o'clock in the evening i'm gonna go out there and enjoy this beautiful day out there i'm even gonna wear my uh nah i was gonna wear my hawaiian shirt but this is the thing the temperatures drop at night so i'm gonna wear my uh wear something different like a little thin jacket so all right anyway here we go hagar and ishmael genesis 16 abram's wife sarai had not born any children for him But she owned an Egyptian slave named Hagar. Sarai said to Abram, Since the Lord has prevented me from bearing children, go to my slave. Perhaps through her I can build a family. And Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So Abram's wife, Sarai, took Hagar, her Egyptian slave, and gave her to her husband Abram as a wife for him. This happened after Abram had lived in the land of Canaan ten years. Hmm. He slept with Hagar and she became pregnant. When she saw that she was pregnant, her mistress became contemptible to her. Then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for my suffering. I put my slave in your arms. And when she saw that she was pregnant, I became contemptible to her. May the Lord judge between me and you. Abram replied to Sarai, hear your here your slave is in your hands do whatever you want with her then sarai mistreated her so much that she ran away from her the angel of the lord the angel of the lord found her by a spring in the wilderness the spring on the way to shur he said hagar slave of sarai where have you come from and where are you going she replied i'm running away from my mistress sarai the angel of the lord said to her go back to your mistress and submit to her authority The angel of the Lord said to her, I will greatly multiply your offspring and they will be too many to count. The angel of the Lord said to her, 
you have conceived and will have a son. You will name him Ishmael. For the Lord has heard your cry of affliction. This man will be like a wild donkey. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand will be against him. He will settle near all his relatives. So she named the Lord who so she named the Lord who spoke to her. You are El, El Roy, you are El Roy, for she said, in this place have I actually seen the one who sees me. That is why the well is called Beershit. Bear Lahalaroy. Bella Hyroy, I think that's how you say it. That is why the well is called Bella Hyroy. It is between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar gave birth to Abram's son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to him. I'm going to let that ride for a minute. Say lie. So, 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 so. As we normally do, we're going to go back and read a few verses at a time and just whatever stands out, we will throw our little two cents in there. All right. So chapter 16, Hagar and Ishmael. Abram's wife, Sarai, had not borne any children for him, but she owned an Egyptian slave named Hagar. Sarai said to Abram, Since the Lord has prevented me from bearing children, go to my slave. Perhaps through her I can build a family. And Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So Abram's wife, Sarai, took Hagar, her Egyptian slave, and gave her to her husband, Abram, as a wife for him. This happened after Abram had lived in the land of Canaan ten years. So a few things that stand out. So there seems to be some impatience going on here. As we know before, chapter 15, God promised, even had, gave him a whole vision, put the boy to sleep, gave him a whole vision. It's like, hey, I promise you, I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to give you a son. I promise I'm going to give you an heir. Not only am I going to give you a son, but I'm going to give you millions of descendants look up at the stars that's how many descendants i'm going to give you but here comes sarai it's like hey this ain't working out homie like i don't know if it's you it's me and i didn't it doesn't say anything about it doesn't say anything about in chapter 15 if abram went over to sarai and told him his vision and what god showed him i don't see any mention of that God went directly to Abram and told him, but as far as I know, I imagine there were some conversations going on between Abram and Sarah. Like, hey, you'd never believe what happened today. You know, I know I would be that way if, you know, when I was married, I'd be like, when I was married, I'd go back to my wife and something cool happened that day. I, of course, would tell her about it. Like, God was like, if I'd be like, hey, God came to me in a vision. Now, that's when I used to get in trouble. <laughs> when I started telling my former wife my visions, what God was showing me. Um, 
I won't go into that conversation. Uh, I'll save that for the other podcast and my brother whenever we do that for uh, Brothers Need Therapy or Better Bros, whatever. <laughs> That's going to be a fun conversation. But I just will warn you, husbands, fathers, leaders of your homes, be careful about taking your visions and things God showed you and running them by your former wife. I mean, not former wife, your current wife. <laughs> Shoot, any wife, any woman, anybody. And then not to be even be a wife. It could just be even a friend, friends. Um, some things, yeah, are good to run by other people, two or three witnesses to confirm things. But sometimes God things there's something that God has spoken directly to you. And if you go telling everybody like Joseph, you saw what happened to him. We started telling all his brothers, all his dreams. Uh, we haven't even got there yet. That's going to be a good story when we get there. So anyway. So, yeah. It's interesting that Abram didn't stop Sarah. I said, like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I don't think I'm supposed to be supposed to be doing this, you know, Uh why should I go to Hagar when I have you? God is going to, I promise you, God promised me. That's the other thing too, is like, let's see here. Did it say in chapter 15, how God would supply the air? Did he say anything about Sarah having a child? It doesn't say anything about in here about Sarah would be the one that would birth his child, the heir. I don't see anything in chapter 15. I'm about to go back and do some more reading, digging, but I don't see anything about it being Sarah. But he did promise. It's like. Also, I'm curious, why didn't Abram just go to God? Like, hey, God, this thing with Sarah ain't working out is. And then be like, hey, is it OK for me to go and sleep with Hagar? Like running by God, He didn't do that. These are just thoughts I'm having as I'm reading this. It's interesting, too, that she was an Egyptian. The significance of it being an Egyptian. And not just an Egyptian, but Hagar was an Egyptian slave that he ends up sleeping with. And this happened 10 years after being in the land of Canaan. What is the significance of 10 years? Why after 10 years? Hmm. Interesting. I was married for 11 years. Technically, Miles has been 10 years because that 11th year was, didn't, wasn't much of a year. It was, yeah, anyway. <sighs> he slept with Hagar and she became pregnant. Verse 4. When she saw that she was pregnant, her mistress became contemptible to her. Or this rude, outright rude. This drama. I use that big SAT word, contemptible. Contemptible. <laughs> then Sarah said to Abram, you are responsible for my suffering. Mm. There we go. The, this blame game sounds familiar. I'm going to write that in my Bible margin. This blame game sounds familiar. Yes, same thing happened in the garden with Eve, Adam and Eve. Um, do I need to rehearse that one? This is no, yeah. Yeah, we'll say it real quick. Ad, God told Adam, don't eat of the, don't eat any fruit from this. Don't you can eat all the fruit in this garden, except for the fruit from the tree of the good, good and evil. Right? Just don't eat that. 
Eve goes, grabs the fruit. Look good to the eyes, appealing. Yeah, because God said, if you do this, you'll surely die. Yeah, the snake comes up, says, did God say that? And Eve eats it right in front of her husband, Adam. Anyway, you know, I saw what happened. They, yeah, eyes are open. Man, spirit experienced all that came after that, all the spiritual death that happened with that. And then they start, when God confronts them, is like comes to go search them out, goes and finds them. They start blaming each other. Eve blames a serpent and then Adam blames his wife. And so here we have Hagar, Ad- Abram ha- impregnates Hagar, the, 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 her servant, Sarai's servant. And then the servant starts tripping or somehow just getting on Sarai's word of nerves. I wonder if I wonder if Hagar was even doing anything. It probably was mostly just Sarai just tripping, like jealous and envious and angry. You know, you know how it can be. You know, see a woman with a baby, she's all cute, and the baby is by her husband. And people are probably oohing and aahing all the other women are like, oh, he's so cute. Oh, he's, you know, going to be the heir and all that to Abram. He inherit everything. There's a lot of bragging was probably going on. Right. I'm just, you know, I'm just reading into the text here. And then you got Sarai over there just stewing like, why can't I have a baby, God? Why can't I have a baby? I want Abram's baby. I want to have, there's no, my brother and I, we were joking about how there's nothing like a woman saying she wants to have your baby. Like when you a woman's Michael Jackson. This is like inside joke, my brother. I was talking about like being a woman's Michael Jackson. Like she loves you. Like you know, women. They you know, people used to fall out at Michael Jackson concerts because they loved him so much. So that's where it comes from. Like I'll never forget being my former wife's Michael Jackson at one point. Like she wanted to have a baby with me. I'll never forget. I was twenty. It was my twenty-first birthday. I'm gonna say a quick story. It was my twenty-first birthday. My former wife was. Uh, working at the Roadhouse, Texas Roadhouse, right? I'm in college. I'm only, yeah, turning 21. I'm a junior in college. Yeah, they're in Peoria, Illinois, at Bradley. And yeah, she was waiting tables there at Longhorn. And one of her coworkers had a baby. Brand new, cute little biracial baby. Anyway, uh, and yeah, my former wife was just oohing and on about this baby. Came home and was like, I want, I want one. I want one. And I'm like, these aren't just like baby dolls. You can just go from the, go to the store and just grab, you know, or the storks don't just fly in and just drop babies. Like this, there's a lot of commitment that goes into this whole process of having a baby. And I'm still in school. I'm trying to go to law school. I'm trying to do all this and this. And, you know, I'm working 30 hours a week and interning. No, I'm doing all this. Throwing newspapers, like, to make ends ends meet. And what more do you want from me, woman? Like, I ain't ready to have no baby right now. But she's like, I want one. I imagine Sarai was looking. Sarai was a lot like my former wife who had, hadn't had a baby yet. And, yeah, my former wife was like, 
two and a half years older than me. So she was kind of in that mode. So she would have been like 23 going on 24. Yeah, she, her brain was thinking baby. So I was like, all right, let's, let's do it. All right. And yeah, my first daughter, our first daughter was born in November of 2000. Ooh, they, Leah, Leah born in 2008. So yeah. Conceived sometime in February. It had to be either February or March, somewhere around there. I feel like it was, yeah, the night of my birthday. Anyway, God knows. It's crazy that God knows the moment when you were conceived, like when the actual... Because a lot of people, are, they try and they'll do it for like several days, weeks. No man, no man knows the moment of the hour when the actual sperm actually goes into the seed of the woman and, you know, the egg and does all that stuff. You know, all that stuff, all that stuff that you learned about in growth and development back in, in health class or from your parents, or something like that or some, you know, video, National Geographic stuff. All right. So ooh, this went a whole turn, twist and turn. But yeah, I imagine Sarah was very jealous. And then she starts to do the blame game and goes right to Abram like, you are responsible for my suffering. I put my slave in your arms. And when she saw that she was pregnant, I became contemptible to her. She got all big headed. That's how I read that. May the Lord judge between me and you. And then she since she puts it on God, like we're going to put this in God's hands. Wow. This is it. This is this is one of the funniest stories. This is when the Bible just starts getting juicy and juicy. Genesis is actually one of my favorite books in the entire Bible. Like it's just so much richness and cool stories in here and cool history it's not just stories as my grandma says like my grandma's like the bible's not just stories son grandson it's my grandma even talk like that i don't know how to do my grandma's voice <laughs> um but she's always talking about it's history it's our history this is where we come from this is our roots this is our great 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 times a hundred great grandparents right thousands of years back these are our grandparents and they was doing some these and these like these were like soap operas. That's why I love Genesis. It's like the original soap operas. You like those of y'all that love soap operas and all these uh like binge watching. I really hope that when they do these uh, chosen series, somebody needs to come out with like a chosen series version of just like these stories like Hagar and Sarai and just it could be like a some type of daytime. Soap opera, I don't know, it'd be funny. Like, not, not try not to make it blasphemous, but like, just really kind of, you know, do some creative license a little bit with these storylines. It would be good. I don't know if it could work as a TV show, but just, yeah, chosen type series, these little vignette movies, like short film, whatever, ongoing series, like they do for Chosen. If y'all are not watching the Chosen series, it's available on YouTube and it's, you can download the app just for typing in the Chosen. It's really good. I highly recommend it. The very first episode is about Mary Magdalene. Just go check it out. All right. Verse six. Abram replied to Sarai. And now he gets a chance to talk. Here, your slave is in your hands. Do whatever you want with her. 
Then Sarai mistreated her so much that she ran away from her. I wonder what that mistreatment was like. What was she doing? Was she teasing her, beating her up? What was going on there? Probably like made sure there was no hot water on his bath time. Like made sure she barely got any food. Gave her extra work to do because she was her still her servant or slave, slave servant, whatever. She like, I don't care. You just had a baby. Get up and work. Clean this mess up. Clean up this bathroom. Whatever they did. Latrine. Whatever they did. Anyway, clean up this kitchen. Mop this floor. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I like, I, I feel like the more you use your imagination as you read the Bible, the more alive it becomes, the more exciting it becomes. The, this, it's important to actually use your imagination. That's why I have my eyes closed because I can. I'm picturing myself there and like watching like a fly on the wall, watching this whole scenario play out and also read multiple translations of the Bible. Don't just read one. Read how other texts either simplify it or use even the ones that the King James version that has the thuses and the thous and the, all that Shakespeare language. All right. So. Here we go. The ain't verse seven, the angel of the Lord found her by a spring in the wilderness. Why a spring in the wilderness? We're talking about Hagar, the spring on the way to Shur. He said, Hagar, slave of Sarai. Hmm, he identifies her by who she is, slave of Sarai. Where have you come from and where are you going? It's interesting. I need to go back and look at angel of the Lord whenever he uses that phrase, angel of the Lord. Um, Because it's significant. You know what? Actually, I'm going to look that up really fast. What does it mean? Because when it says angel of the Lord, it usually is not just any old. It's usually, I think it's Archangel Michael. Let me look at it. See, angel of the Lord. Who is it actually referring to when it says that? The angel of the Lord appears. Let's see here. Who... Who is the angel of the Lord? The Bible in both Testaments speaks of this personage, personage, personage called the angel of the Lord, the angel of the presence or the angel or messenger of the covenant. Okay, that's from Blue Letter Bible. Uh, they want me to read even further this year. Three possibilities. Three major views have been put forth as to exact uh, the exact identity of identity of the angel of the Lord. One is a mighty angel who acted as as the special representative of the Lord. Second is God the Father assuming a body. The third one is God the Son taking a body for a short period of time. God the Son in meaning Jesus. Each of these three views has its supporters to determine which view fits best fits the evidence. We will consider some of the major appearances of the Lord and make some observations about those appearances. Hey, uh, if you all right, if y'all want to go read more about this, yeah, go to the blueletterbible.org and just type in the angel of the Lord. I just type in, yeah, who is the angel of the Lord under, let's see, where is, it? is there a search bar on here? 
or Aegis, it's an article written by this guy named Don Stewart that says, who is the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament? So you go to Google and just type in, who is the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament? Don Stewart, and you'll find what I'm talking about. I'm not going to go any deeper than that. But yeah, it is always interesting when it says the angel of the Lord. And why I say that, it's like, I know the angel of the Lord has to have some inform intel already, especially if it's Jesus in the form of an angel, like appearing in a, like a body bodily form like why i'm curious to know why he says why it says where have you come from and where are you going like don't you already know the answer to that question it almost, once again, as I read the Bible, a lot of times I'm like, it almost seems like the questions that are being asked of, of humans in these situations are more for them, the, for them to think about what they're doing rather than like God actually needing to, like God already knows what they're doing. He knows the answers to those questions. Like God doesn't ask, or an angel doesn't ask the question, a question that they don't already know the answer to. So... Yeah, where have you come from? Where are you going? It says, she replied, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai. Run, the running away is a very a common theme throughout the Bible. Have you ever run away? I'm curious. Are you running away right now? That's just a question for anyone listening. What are you running away from? Where have you come from and where are you going? Mm. Verse 9, the angel of the Lord said to her, go back to your mistress and submit to her authority. Ooh. Somebody could preach a whole sermon about that. Um, I'm just going to keep, just share real fast. Whatever you're running away from, it's not going to go away. Um, and often this makes it worse. And it's cool here because God goes and searches her out. Like he sees her in her distress he sees her. He sees all of us. I don't care who you are. God sees. I don't care what you've done in your past, how bad it is. God sees you. He knows every detail of your life. And you can't run away from him. You can't run away from God. David talked about it all the time through the Psalms. How you, I, there's nowhere on this earth I can run to to escape you, God. Like you're Wherever I go, you're like a shadow. When you look at your shadow, your shadow is always there. Even if you don't think you see a shadow, it's there. God is like that. God is like white on rice. He's like, anyway, he is on, like, he's always there. You can't escape him. And he loves you and he desires now. As you see, he says, go back to your mistress, the very woman who's been rude to you, who doesn't like you, hates you, has been treating you like crap, and submit to her authority. Man. I've been in so many situations like that where I did not want to submit to authority and I did not want to go back to that hard situation. There's some situations I can think about right now that I still don't want to go back to. I'm like, God, I don't know if you really want me to go back to that. But ultimately, the main thing is going back to the place where you originally ran from, wherever that is. Um, at one point, I will share out. After my divorce, I went all the way out to Charlotte, went out to California, was in Houston for a while. And eventually I made it back to here in Kansas City to be near my kids. And I will say. At this time, I do feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. 
and all that running just kind of, I feel like delayed a lot of the things that God wanted to do in my life, but I learned a lot during that time of running away. Um, I, went, I learned the lesson that no matter where you go, God is there and he's there and he will always pursue you to pull you out of whatever situation you're in. Um, especially if you've given your life to him, if you're accepted him as your Lord and Savior, um, even if you haven't yet, he is pursuing, even the fact that you're listening to this right now, he's pursuing you as I speak. So don't run away. And yeah, going back is not going to be easy. There's going to be, like when I first came back to Kansas City, I had to stay with my mom. I didn't technically have to stay with her. I had other options. But at the time, that like was the best option. But it wasn't a very comfortable option because, I don't know, my mom and I were working on our relationship. At least I'm working on my relationship with her. Um, she, in the past, hasn't always been one of the... Hasn't been the easiest for me to get along with for various reasons. Mostly just me. Um, so, anyway. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't lived with my mom since I was 18 years old, so... And I'm 34 now. So, yeah. Anyway, I won't go. My main thing is saying this is go back. I'm approaching 30 minutes. So let me wrap things up here. Go back. Go back. Like God, the angel of the Lord said to him, said, said to her, go back to your mistress and submit to her authority. Go back. I'm telling you, I'm encouraging. Go back to that hard, difficult situation that you run from or escape from. Now, if you like are dealing with abuse or like, yeah, abusive husband or like, Something like that. Nah, nah, don't go back to that. I'm talking about just use wisdom. Ask the Holy Spirit. He'll lead you. He'll guide you to wherever you're supposed to go. That safe space back to now. I mean, it's going to a lot of times it's going to be uncomfortable. You know what I'm talking about. Whoever's listening, you know what I'm talking about. Go back to that place. Go back to where you originally ran from. And yeah, if you are in an abusive relationship, um, I'm not telling you what to do in that situation. Don't, I'm not telling you to go back to that husband, but definitely get to a place where you can be safe and a place where you can get the help that you need and be in a position where you can pray for that, that abusive, toxic situation that you were in. And um, watch God just move. Watch God move. I have stories I could talk about this for days, but I'm going to stop there. All right, where are we at? He said, yeah. And then what's cool is that same angel of the Lord. It seemed like this must be the same angel of the Lord that talked to Abram earlier. Now it's talking to Hagar and says, I will greatly multiply your offspring and they will be too many to count. He said that same thing to Abram. The angel of the Lord said to her, you have conceived and will have a son. You will name him Ishmael for the Lord has heard your cry. Wow, my brain just did a shift right there. Cause the whole time I'm thinking she had this baby already, but yeah, she was just pregnant. She didn't have the baby yet. She was just pregnant, and then God tells her here what you should should name him, and his name Ishmael means God hears, or it says for the Lord has heard your cry of affliction. That's why it's so beautiful when you name your children to name them something that actually means something that has a meaning that we can understand. Just have a meaning behind it. The more traditional, the better, but 
there's nothing wrong even if it's a name that people would consider made up or whatever unique as long as it has some type of meaning to it that you can tell your son like hey hey or your daughter like this is this is what i was going through in my life when i had you and especially when you can tie it to like god and how he delivered you or he did something like um my son matthew his name means gift of god and not only does it mean gift of god but matthew was one of my favorite people in the bible because when jesus came along uh, and was choosing his disciples to follow him he found matthew standing there at the tax collector booth and i thought it was always cool that matthew had this great career this great job you know security as a tax collector made all i'm sure he was making good money and he left the comforts of that booth and just walked away to follow jesus like left everything left it all just walked away <laughs> left all like i can you imagine just walking out of your job in the middle of your job and he's like hey y'all gonna have to take all take over i don't really think he even appointed anybody to take over the booth and he was risking as far as i know he was risking death when he did that because he was working for the romans to collect the taxes so i gotta read more about that but the yeah the chosen series does a good job of like depicting matthew's character anyway that was one of the big reasons i actually my former wife loved the, the fact that his name and gift meant gift of god but i even loved even more the story behind matthew in the bible just yeah and i'm gonna continue to tell that to my son every time you know this is birthday or just throughout the years like hey this is why we named you this name and the significance behind your name there's something powerful about that so here we got hagar ishmael names me means god has heard your cry of affliction and why my son's name matthew is even more powerful that it means gift of god is he was born at 26 weeks and yeah i could have died because he was born so early he was a yeah premature had to be in nikki for three months but God, he has now he's healthy, strong, has no issues. He's a definitely a gift of God. I cried out to the Lord at the hospital when he was born that God would not allow him to die. And God saved my son. He kept him. So anyway, before I start tearing up, every time I think about it. Yeah. Anyway, let's keep going. So. All right. There's power in naming your children names that have meaning. All right, here we go. This man will be like a wild donkey. <laughs> I'm talking about Ishmael. His hand will be against, this is verse 12. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand will be against him. He will settle near all his relatives. Mm. Why do you have to be this way, God? All right, verse 13. So she named the Lord who spoke to her. You are Elroy. 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 For she said, in this place... Have I actually seen the one who sees me? Hmm. I've actually seen the one. It's something about having an experience with God. Like you can actually, you can never argue with somebody's testimony or their experience with God. Uh, one, one of my favorite pastors at our church, this guy, Josh, I'll say his full name. I can say it. This guy, Josh Baker. Uh, he's definitely um, a mentor and somebody I look up to. He always says, you haven't really, I think he, he might have taken this from another pastor. I don't know. I can't remember. But yeah, you haven't really. And I'm probably I might be misquoting here, but I'm going to say it the best I can. Paraphrase that you haven't really had any. 
you haven't really known Jesus. You haven't known the Lord until you've had an encounter with him. Like he always talks about like, yeah, I can describe a bear. I can tell you about bears. I can read all these books about bears. My son, Matthew, he loves to read nature books about animals and he could probably describe all He loves to just like read all these stats about animals. It's so cool. He does. It cracks me up. It's like, daddy, did you know that such and such, such and such, such and such, you know, he, for a bear, he'd be like, did you know bears live in such and such part of the world? And there's thousands of them and 10 people a year get killed and mauled by bears. Like, yeah, he always he loves to talk about the stats of like, animals that kill people, human beings. Yeah, it's kind of morbid. But anyway, <laughs> do you know the most dangerous animal in the world? A mosquito. Like, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, my son, Matthew, can tell me about bears, talk about bears all day long. But until Matthew and I actually go and are conf- like on a hiking trip or something, then we're confronted by a bear and we see a bear in person to the point where we're afraid for our lives because we feel like the bear is about to maul us and we're going to be one of the 11th you know 11th and 12th person of the year to be taken out by a bear until that happens we don't we've never we don't really know anything about bears like we don't we think we know but we don't really know and so that's how it is with the lord and here (laughs) i made a stretch on this comment but here Hagar had an encounter with the Lord that changed her life forever. And she calls him Elroy. Saying that in this place, I've actually seen the one who sees me. And then it says that is why the well, there's a well, a monument that's I need to go and see if that's still standing. Bir Laharoy. It is between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar gave birth to Abram's son, and Abram named him son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to him. Wow, he's old. I think the, that's around the time my grandpa passed away. Around there. I can't remember exactly how old he was, but somewhere around there. Yeah, he was up there. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Oh, I'm going to read this note real quick. Yeah, about Tony Evans said, God, um, verses 7 through 11. God met Hagar in her place of despair. He guided her back to Abram and Sarai. He also promised that the child in her womb would be a son. God called his name Ishmael, which means God hears. God is near to the brokenhearted, and he hears their cries. That's from Psalm 3418, one of my other favorite verses in the Bible. What I call a power verse, something you should memorize. God is near the brokenhearted. He hears their cries. It says single parents then are not alone. So I just want to pray real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray especially for the single parents in our world. I'm a single parent, a single father, Lord. And it's not easy, Lord. It is not easy. And you already know in so many ways in these last few years, I have had a broken heart, Lord. I've cried out to you and shed a lot of tears, Lord, shed so many tears, God. But as your word says in Psalm 34, 18, you are near the broken heart. You're near the single parents, the single moms, the single dads who feel all alone and isolated at times, God. You are near them. You are close to them. 
I just thank you, Lord, that you see me, you hear me, you you see and hear those people that are dealing with being single parents, Lord. You see people that are in the situation of Hagar who feel who wanted to just run away, who might have been ostracized or cast out or demonized by their family, left alone by their moms, their dads. And all they have is you, God. I just pray that they would have an encounter with you, Lord, that I would have a fresh encounter with you, God, and know that you are the God that sees me. And and from this day forward, when I have that encounter, even in this moment, as I'm talking about, I feel like I'm encountering you, God, in a fresh way. I pray that they'll never forget this day. They'll never forget it and they'll and that they'll just they'll just be a monument in their heart of how you met them at their time of desperation their time of pain and suffering and and brokenheartedness i just thank you god for all that you've done all you're going to continue to do i pray that anyone that doesn't know you that they would just surrender their life to you they would ask you into their heart and that they'd be changed forever in jesus mighty name i pray amen all right y'all i'm taking a break actually from playing music uh, mainly because it's one extra step in the podcast. I'm trying to, you know, do good at do do better at managing my time. It's not I'm not the greatest at it. We're, we're working on it. So, but in the future, if you have a song, a preferably a Christian song, a Christian rap song, Christian worship song, whatever that you like to hear played here on the podcast, DM me on at Chew the Bible. Send me a DM. Yeah, Chew on Chew the Bible podcast and uh what else or you can yeah if you go to anchor.fm and look up chew the bible you can actually send me direct messages on there or you can email me at chew the bible at gmail.com i don't really check that email too often but i'll start checking it if i start getting email so anyway till next time god bless y'all be with you god be with you let him keep you may his face shine upon you in jesus mighty name amen Take care.